0: leadership to me is giving them the confidence and the i'm all about i want somebody that is going to give me ideas i'm not looking for yes people i want someone to interrupt me and say you know what that's an idea but this way is quicker i think this way is better and i'm redirected by my team all the time to the point like where i we had a situation I'd say about four months ago and i had to address something with a team member. It was a little bit of problematic And I did have to hop off quickly to get to something, but the timing was I had to tell her before she dealt with this client. So I was rushed. And afterwards, one of my team members, Evan said to me really gently, I think you said it well, but the tone and I was like, all righty. So I had to go, all right, let's go back and do that again. So I realized that you set the pacing and if you are in a rush or you are stressed, it's kind of like, I feel like mommy's in a bad mood, even though I don't operate that hierarchical type thing. Like I don't operate that way. But when you come in and you're rushed rush and you're stressed, your leadership is really rings loudly.
1: Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner. And I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives disrupt industries and become incredible leaders themselves so if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business i invite you to join the tribe of leaders facebook group the link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us and of course the group is free to join Hey, everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I have the one and only Chris Ward with me today. She is a podcast host, she's a business coach, and she helps her clients double their revenue and triple their time off. So, for those of you who are listening, are like, oh my goodness that is what I want. Then listen in because Chris is going to drop some major value bombs on how you can have more time off and
0: more revenue and more fun. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. What a great intro. Yes, I am all about the fun. So let's let's get to it. Yeah. Share with everybody a
1: little bit about your background and, and how you help your clients achieve double revenue and triple time off.
0: Okay. So I am an entrepreneur and I'm a marketing strategist and I was pulled away from my business for about two years when my husband was diagnosed from colon cancer. And when I returned after his passing, after his death, my clients were not aware that I had been away. They didn't understand anything that was going on. Uh, they were shocked. They were surprised. And they started asking me really gently, you know, under the capacity of like, how did I do it and productivity and stuff like that. And so I started explaining to them because of course I had a renewed commitment to the fragility of life and all that stuff. And I believe your business should support your life and not consume it. Right. And so I started working with them under the capacity of building their teams because, you know, let's take all the emotion out of what happened aside. The reality is, you know, it, had I not had a business to return to, you know what, I was not in a position to go out and be charming in job interviews and try to build a resume. Like that was just not going to be helpful for me at that point. (laughs) You know, I would let's be clear. I would have been homeless at that point, right? Yeah. So you know, so what happened was I started working with these people who, like many of you, can relate. You know, they were putting out fires all the time with their business. They were zoning out. They're acting like drug addicts, hiding in a closet, trying to answer one more email before their family caught them missing. You know, I just went to the bathroom. And I caught my phone and answered a few emails. So we started working with them and. What happened was they started on average getting about 25 hours back a month, 25 hours a week back the first month we worked with them. And it was just really great for me to see them start taking real vacations and stop doing things they hated and getting their dreams out. A few of them had said to me, "I was," they called me a dream catcher because they were able to catch their dreams and really start making more money and get to those things they wanted to do and do it in less time. And so I was just really passionate about helping as many people as I could because I just thought this grinding it out is not the way to go. It's old school. So I took all my successes from doing this and and this strategy I'd set up on knowing how much I would need it later. And then all the success I had with these coaching clients under this capacity. And I wrote my book, Win the Hour, Win the Day. And that's how it kind of all blossomed from there is really what this means for you is that you could have all the help that you need to effortlessly run your business. And so many people are thinking from an employee mindset of how expensive that is, how much work that is and how, when they think they arrive at a certain plateau, that will be the time to build up their team. But you will never get there if you haven't started building your team.
1: Absolutely. I so agree with you. And that's one of the things that I talk to my clients about and pretty much anybody who will listen yeah, because for me, and maybe you agree or, or different, I'm curious what your opinion is, but it's really important to start investing and in building a team before you think you can afford it.
0: Yeah. So we live in a magical time where outsourcing, like when I started outsourcing eight, nine years ago, it was under the pretense, people would think to me like, oh, clearly the person I hired drove their chicken to work. Like it just seemed so crazy. Like they were on the other side of the world and it was all nuts and stuff like that. So- People think it's this big expense, and well, when can I take that on? So let me give you a story about my first outsourcer. So when I was working, like that's eight, nine years ago, we were still in an age where I went to a lot of one-on-one physical appointments. It was way less virtual. So I would be in a meeting and we'd be talking about marketing strategies and stuff. And I'm making all these notes and there's different packages. There's a lot involved in a marketing strategy. It's just not one size fits all. So I would come back to the office and I would promise myself, hand to God, that right away I would put these notes into the client's file. And what would happen is I'd get busy and I'd get distracted and Every week it was Friday afternoon and now I'm trying to do a bunch of notes from the week, Friday afternoon before I leave. And these notes were meant to be like for 20 minutes, not five, six days. And so what was happening is the notes were kind of sketchy and the details weren't always there. And had, you know, when the clients call, not only am I scrambling, but sometimes had I made a mistake, it would look like I was trying to swindle them when I just had bad notes, right? Right. And the guilt of this all week and oh, this week would be different and it wasn't. So finally my first outsourcer, I found somebody who was a transcriptionist and God help her, she liked only doing that. So that's, she was really fast and did it really well. And she had like 10 clients and this is all she did. I couldn't imagine it, but this is all she did. So what would happen is some weeks i would need her for an hour and other weeks i wouldn't need her at all but the weeks i did need her it cost me about 12 bucks because she was so fast and so for 12 bucks i got friday afternoon back i got rid of a whole much stress my accuracy and everything all the details were in there i didn't lose or upset a client or look like i'm you know this uh, like person being sneaky it was a bad reputation all for twelve dollars so this idea that you can't afford it is it really pays for itself because what happens is then I got Friday afternoons back and then I started doing things that would generate more income. And I'm like, okay, what else can I outsource? And so then it's like, Oh, I'll, I'll hire this person for three hours. And as that grew, then I turned that into six hours. So that's the thing I'm so crazy obsessed about is people thinking they can't afford it. Like, look down your hand, I'm sure you spent more than 12 bucks in your coffees today. Right. And I'm sure you would spend 12 bucks to get rid of the stress and that I did all those weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And it's
1: amazing too, because I talk about something similar with, like if you start looking at all the time that you can delegate and you dedicate even half of that to business development, the money that you're gonna be able to bring in and new clients and new sales far, far outweighs what you're gonna pay.
0: Absolutely. Because really what we forget, as entrepreneurs, we are uh, people with ideas, usually more than we can implement. And we are visionaries. And, you know, what separates you from another successful entrepreneur or anybody that you admire or want to be? It's execution. I always say YME, you know, you're missing execution. That's it that's all you're missing. You're smart. You know what you're doing. You've got ideas. You've got passion. You're just missing execution because Uh you're not an octopus. And even if you were, and you had eight arms, you still only have one brain, right? So you can only do one thing at a time. And the big thing too, is people often don't understand that This talent you hire is often really closely connected to technology. So for example, the person that does my, on my team, that does my editing for my podcast, Win the Hour, Win the Day, she showed me a thing a couple weeks ago, Descript. I don't know if you know it. It's D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T, Descript. So you can go in there and hit the word, um, that let's say right now in this video, I said, well, I'm saying um right now. So you right click and then it will say, do you want us to remove all fillers? So it will remove all the ums from that video. Now, what happens is my person knows that because that's her zone of genius. That's all she does. So she's up right. to her eyeballs in that world and she's going to get all the new up and coming stuff versus, you know, when you don't have a team, you're running around trying to just get enough to get by. And never mind the learning curve and the expense of it all, you're just not going to have all the tricks of the trade that save us time, energy, and effort. Mm-hmm. So you really are taking the slow and painful way. If you don't open your mind to this other alternative.
1: Right. Right. What's the biggest myth when it comes to team building?
0: I think the biggest myth is that they think, I don't have time to do the work myself now. Like I'm trying to catch up. So who is going to train these people? And it seems such like a heavy labor intensive thing. And it's so beautifully simple. And when I'm working with, you know, say my coaching clients, we have these 90 day cycle coaching clients. What we often do is just show them Like whatever you're working on, you could do a screen capture of it and say, okay, this is what I'm doing. Here's a two minute video. I want you to do this next. And oh, please write up the steps. So now we have a process where I know I've dealt with clients in the past. Let's say I was dealing with this videographer and he was a very high end videographer dealt with CEO type world and stuff. And he said, well, Chris, you don't understand, which is what I get a lot. Uh, my business is different. I am unique from the whole business formula of the history of business. Right. And he said, My editing process is very different. And he said, I spent three, four weeks building up this training program and I hired somebody and it didn't work out. Well, first of all, he had no strategy or experience or process for hiring. He's never done that before. So that's a learning curve. And that's why I'm doing my next product, the Outsourcing Playbook for Busy Entrepreneurs, because it is a strategy. It's very, very simple, but like taking chocolate chip cookies out of the oven, if you put the chocolate chips in after you cook them, it messes up the recipe, right? Yeah. So he did all this stuff. He had no experience there. But on top of that, what happened was he gave this person a very complex 47 step process when he could have hired somebody for two hours and screen captured something he did and said, okay, now you do it. And then next week that worked out well. And then he could increase it to three hours and just add more videos of what he was doing, capturing his work and build it out slowly. So people push it off because it's like this big heavy lifting thing when really you could get the way we do it, the way we work, is you can get instant relief that frees you up like my transcription story. It just starts to free you up quickly so you can get on to the next thing. Absolutely. And I
1: I love that because I hear the same thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I have blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And the training part comes into play a lot. One of the things I do with my team is I record Loom videos of what I'm doing and just send it to them. And then I have them write up the
0: process too.
1: Yes. Beautiful. I'm brain dumping. They get what they need. And then we just tweak as we go.
0: Yeah. Like what I keep trying to tell people is if I didn't have the ability to make your day easier instantly and better, then why would I be out there doing this? So, I mean, to be fair, I do see a lot of stuff out there. I was watching videos the other day, scrolling through some stuff. And I see one guy teaching outsourcing. And then he did this time-lapse thing. And he was showing that, look, I've spent two hours going through all these applications to get the right person and I want to teach you how to do it. And I thought, oh my gosh, like two hours. There's no way I would spend that. I mean, we have all different strategies, like even something as simple as putting in the job post saying, okay, make sure you you include the word mouse in your title. So we can see if they read the job description. So then half the people who didn't read it carefully are out. So that narrows that down. On top of that, we have a process for hiring. So my team, my assistant will narrow down the list when I'm looking to hire someone and then she just gives be the top five. So I am not even involved in that. So everything that we do, and that's why we're creating the outsourcing playbook for busy entrepreneurs. Everything we do is to free up time. It's not another thing to throw on your already overloaded desk. It's all about how to get time effortlessly, easily, and just allow you to move the needle on income and, and really have a bigger impact on your audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the impact piece is so
1: important. Like it's, yeah. The money is great, but looking at how you're able to shift and enhance other people's lives or other businesses' ability to serve their people is super important. And if you're wearing all the hats, you can't do that.
0: No, I mean, listen, I know better than anybody else back in the day when I first started my business in the beginning, the first few years. Listen, it was not a pretty sight. things were ugly, and I would call myself hysterical Chris, and i 'm still a recovering rushaholic. I like you know, I was not people will gather around and tell you i wasn 't that charming because i 'll tell you people don 't take it nicely when you ask them to talk quicker, like come on i 'm in a rush, everything was in a rush. So I did all these things and I didn't start this journey I was on to work that hard because I remember one time in the middle of the night, like two o'clock in the morning, and I was thinking, this is nuts. There are labor laws in the land that people died for to protect me from working these insane hours. I would never do that for as an employee. Like that is crazy. It would be abusive yeah. it'd be and on the news. So why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I have this passion to be creative, to do something, to have a bigger impact, to help people. So if I'm going to do that, then I need to be able to do that well. And so what this means for you is you can really, you know what, 90 days from now, get so much bigger results and work less hours because you're not in it. Just to grind it out and not have a boss because you know the boss you have now, which is yourself, is probably the hardest working boss you've ever had, like mean, right? I was mean to myself. So it's really about you're right, having a bigger impact. Yeah. As a former Russiaholic, yes, uh, which I
1: love. What's the biggest thing that you've learned or taken away as you've
0: moved away from that? Oh, we could do a five part Netflix series on this one. You know what? I still probably move quicker than most. I know I talk quickly, but I'm on a podcast. I'm trying to get a lot in, but this is my default speed whenever I'm given the permission to talk quickly. So what happens is I have really learned you are responsible for the energy you bring in the room and it does stress other people out. And I remember one time, one of my team members said, cause I had to go on a business trip and they kind of made this face and I was like, well, what's that for? And they're like, Oh, it just gets really stressful right before you go. Cause you're even busier. Like you're getting, trying to get everything down before you go on a trip. And I thought, Oh, so you're not enjoying that is what you're telling me. Right. And I see that whenever I start to creep up a little bit again, I see that it you are rushing into a situation. And listen, I'm a very flawed human. I did this just yesterday. Something happened. My schedule got a little tweaked and I had a few, what I call intro meetings for people that guests like yourself that were going to be on my mm-hmm. podcast. And what happened is they're back to back half hour meetings and one got a little hiccupy. So it pushed me into the second one, a little rushed. And I realized I got off on the wrong page with this person and it was because I jumped in in a rush state and I probably gave her the message of like, yeah, 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 let's go. What's next? You know what I mean? And I was like, ah, oh. so I kind of had to then back paddle and realize, all right, let's come at this from a different angle because I didn't understand something she was saying. Had I said it in a slower, softer tone and pointed out that this would be a better angle for the show it probably would have went better than the way it did. So I find that being a recovering rushaholic, it still slips up every once in a while and you realize, oh, but at least now I see it. When I was just hysterical, Chris, all the time and the world was just not moving fast enough, you know, I blamed everybody else around me. Like, okay, I'll step over you because you're not moving quick enough. And you, you over there, you're not talking quick enough. Like, let's get going. <laughs> so it, it does have a negative impact and, and now I really see it when it pops up. And that's awesome. So you could kind yeah. of auto correct it. Real fast, real yeah, fast, that's amazing from a leadership standpoint, what's most important to you right now? You know what I'm big on I'm all about team and I'm all about I feel like in my mind, we are a circle and we are only as what good as our weakest link and I would never in my world use the word boss. They're not allowed to use that with me. We are a team and I actually believe if I'm doing my job right, that I would be the dumbest person in the room. So I think leadership to me is giving them the confidence and the, I'm all about, I want somebody that is going to give me ideas. I'm not looking for yes people. I want someone to interrupt me and say, you know what? That's an idea, but this way's quicker. I think this way is better. And I'm redirecting. Directed by my team all the time to the point like where I we had a uh, again I'm going to sound like I'm not recovering much because I'm giving you all these examples where I was rushing, but we had a situation I'd say about four months ago and I had to address something with a team member was a little bit of problematic and I did have to hop off quickly to get to something but the timing was I had to tell her before she dealt with this client so I was rushed and afterwards one of my team members Evan said to me really gently. I think you said it well, but the tone. And I was like, all righty. So I had to go back. All right, let's go back and do that again. So I realized that you set the pacing. And if you are in a rush or you are stressed, it's kind of like I feel like mommy's in a bad mood, even though I don't operate that hierarchical type thing. Like I don't operate that way. But when you come in and you're in a rush and you're stressed, your leadership is really rings loudly. Yeah, it's almost frenetic. Yeah. I really I like that. I think that's so
1: so important because we don't have the hierarchy in my business either and I don't ever think of myself as a boss. It's just, you know, I happen to be the one that's making a lot of the decisions, but I rely yeah. on my people to give me feedback and input because I don't want to know everything and similarly, yeah. I've hired them because they have expertise that I don't. Like that standpoint I love what you're saying. I hope that everybody who's listening is really taking that in because that energy of how you're showing up will affect people
0: instantaneously. It does. And I remember, you know what, one time I'd say it was about a year ago and something happened where somebody dropped the ball. Now I always go to the process first. Like, okay, if we missed something, let's look at the process because clearly it wasn't communicated in this situation the process had been covered. We had already dealt with this, this person and they made really what I would call a sloppy mistake more than once. And right. I was frustrated. And I said to them, I'm frustrated. So what we need to do now is we need to take a break because we need to move forward and fix this. And so we're on Skype. I'll call you back in five minutes. So what I did was I went and I put on something on YouTube. I watched bloopers from friends where they're laughing and <laughs> making mistakes. And then I came back five minutes later because what's done is done. I'm either going to fix it, fire them or move on, which, you know, fix it or fire it are not very things I take, you know, I don't fire people like that. But the point is, these are your options. So you have to emotionally move forward so that they can hear you because if they're still beating themselves up and your tone indicates that we've not moved on, then nothing's going to be gained. There's no sense moving on. So I adjusted my attitude, came back, had a few laughs and then said, okay, so now let's move forward. And it's done. And right. and my energy has to show it's done, not clenching your teeth and saying everything's fine. Yeah. I'd love to shift gears a little bit and talk about your book. What was the
1: catalyst for writing that?
0: The catalyst was when I started working with all those people and they just were telling me like I had changed their lives and then how helpful it was and the relief in their life. And I just, I split the book into two categories. Are you a successful person? Are you, are you a struggler? Because so often, you know, I did this for years when people talk to me about team building or productivity, I had some amazing mentors around me, but I was all like, you know, I get a lot done in a day. I'm the most organized person I know. So I just kept thinking there was too much work. And like everyone else, I thought, "Mm, my story is different. My business is different. So I wrote this book so that we could discuss a whole bunch of topics and we could show how a successful person responds or a struggler responds. And a successful person is not about revenue. It's about freedom of lifestyle. The business can run without them a few days a week, all this type of stuff. So I really just wanted to come at a way where I can enlighten people and give them a better perspective and hopefully you know really what i learned was you can change your life when you start building your team so team building is an aspect in the book there's many other aspects there team building is just the part that i can help people with quickest online which is why mm-hmm. we created the outsourcing playbook for busy entrepreneurs but i just really want to create a movement that this grinding it out and i've never seen an entrepreneur that needed to be motivated or inspired or told to work hard so you see all these things online yeah. about how you're going to be succeed if you work hard. That is the last problem. Like, that's not the issue. But yet we're all beating that drum and going, okay, he's right. So I should be working 20 hours a day instead of 16. And okay, yesterday I thought I was going to throw up because I was so tired, but I didn't, right? Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm so opposed to the grind and hustle mentality because it, it doesn't lead to a full life. And the only thing that it does lead to is complete burnout yeah. and health issues or relationship issues. I agree. Like as an entrepreneur, the whole reason why you're working and you're doing the stuff that you do is because you love it and motivation isn't the issue. Like you're willing to work longer or more or whatever, but let's find the ways to do it really well. So we don't have
0: to. And the brain doesn't succeed or... In all of history, the biggest accomplishments were discovered in times of play, right from Newton's apple and everything. So the brain also doesn't do well under that pacing either. If you want to be really successful, you need time of rest and recovery. And that's where the creativity, like how many different times you? I could list, I don't know, a hundred really phenomenal things that happened. Everything from Steven Spielberg and how he showed the dinosaurs coming in Jurassic Park was he just was sitting there one day and, you know, somebody made a thump on the floor and he noticed a cup and the water moved in the cup and he thought, Oh, you're just sitting there on a Sunday afternoon. Oh, I can make it look like that's the impact on the earth. and just the water dripping, like moving right. around in the cup. And it's all these things when you're at rest versus if he was rushing through the day, trying to solve that problem. And that's what we all do. So muscling through it is just not the answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And where can people find your book? Yeah, they can check my book out on Amazon. I would really encourage you to check out the coming soon from Chris, K-R-I-S dot com. With the outsourcing playbook for busy entrepreneurs, we are giving away the farm. I keep telling my, my team, we want to feel like we're bleeding, we're giving away so much because I really do want to see a movement where people's lives have changed. So there's going to be a crazy amount of value on that and especially those on the waiting list. So check it out there. And otherwise, just look for me in the socials and tell me that you heard me on this amazing podcast because a friend of Emmy's is a friend of mine. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And we'll um, hook everybody up with the links too so that they can yeah. get to that.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I have loved, loved, loved talking with you and just our alignment and team building and growth and not trying to do it all.
0: Well, I thank you because I mean, trust me, your podcast is amazing. And uh, you're my hero. Because when I grow up, I want to be very pacing and elegant the way you are. And I mean, people say to me, oh, I love your energy. I'm like, yeah, you love it in pieces. (laughs) It'll get tiring quick. So when I grow up, I'm going to be more, you know, have a gentler approach to life like you do. Oh, thank you. My kids would tell you otherwise. Well, I did have a conversation with my older guy the
1: other day about like, you know how you tell me that I'm like such a stress bag all the time, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'd like to remind you that you keep telling me that all of these other people are like complete stress bags. He's like, yeah. He's like, now that I see the contrast, he's like, you're really pretty
0: chill. Yeah. The world, (laughs) suddenly you're in your early twenties, your mother becomes very smart. Right? Well, and that's (laughs) where we're at. So, Thank you so much for being on. I've loved having
1: you. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.